with us. All right, we're going to open up the Word now, and um, Pastor Daniel's going to come and unpack the Word for us. Today's passage is not in James. We're kind of going to a slightly different passage for today. We're in Exodus, Exodus chapter 20. It's in the Old Testament. Exodus chapter 20, verse 1 to 12. I'll read this for us, and I'll ask... Uh, And Pastor Daniel will explain why we have read this passage today. Exodus chapter 20, verse 1 to 12. I'm reading from the ESV version. And just remember that this is the Word of God. Exodus 20, verse 1. And God spoke all these words, saying, I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself a carved image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them or serve them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and to the fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing steadfast love to the thousands of those who love me and keep my commandments. Verse 7, you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Who will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter, your male servant or your female servant or your livestock or the sojourner who is, in, is within your gates. Verse 11. For in the six days the Lord made heaven and the earth, the sea, and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Verse 12. Honor your father and your mother, that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God has given you. Amen. Hi, everyone. It's good to be back up here again, and I'm uh, excited to unpack uh, this passage uh, for us. Uh, Before I do, though, I need help, as always, so why don't you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we are flawed, and we marvel at the fact that you have spoken, and you have given us words to heed uh, heed and uh, instructions to live by. And we thank you that these uh, commandments on, the, uh, on this side of the cross is now not a burden, but a privilege and a blessing for us to walk in. So, Father, help us to do that. Help us to hear what you have to say today, and not only hear, but to live it out for your sake. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. <clears throat> oh, got to get my uh, voice cracking out of Well, um, you might have... Uh, sort of realize that we're not looking at James today. We're looking at a topic that uh, we're all kind of thinking about uh, this Sunday. Of course, uh, today is Mother's Day. Um, That's why we celebrated what we did uh, just then. Every year uh, on the second Sunday of May, uh, we give particular attention uh, to our mums. How have you done that in the past? How how has your family's relationship uh, with Mother's Day been? I'll unpack a little bit about my own. Uh, It's a complicated one. Uh, On the one hand, it is a great way uh, to express a love and appreciation towards mum, right? That's why we do what we do. Uh, I know that I'm not alone in thinking that our mums are the unsung heroes of our houses. But (laughs) on the other hand, 
Um, I have an older brother. He's four years older than me. Uh, me and my brother found it at times, not always, but at times, a little bit of an annoying time when mum kind of pesters us a week before Mother's Day and goes, next week is Mother's Day. Do you know that? We're like, oh my gosh, mum, yeah, we know. It's like, I want this bracelet. I'm like, oh, okay, mom, all right. What are you doing on Sunday night? Oh, I got church plans. Oh, do you love your mom? Oh, yeah, I love your mom. All right. Um, and it's in those moments where I kind of go, oh, man, do we really need a Mother's Day? Mom, you know that I love you, right? Can't I show my love and appreciation 365 days of the week, uh, of the year, right? I remember, actually, in one of those annoying conversations a couple of years back, my brother actually uh, replying to my mum, oh, Mother's Day is just a scam pushed by businesses to sell flowers and cards and overpriced jewellery. Um, my mum got really angry at that comment. Uh, maybe you were a better son than me and my brother. Uh, maybe you never thought this way, but you, maybe you have. It did make me wonder, uh, as I was preparing this talk, man, where did Mother's Day come from? Why do we do it? Um, so I Googled it a little, and then I came across this article in the ABC. And according to the ABC, Mother's Day began uh, in America, as all great things begin, uh, by a woman named uh, Anna Marie Jarvis in, in uh, where is it? 1870. So it's been a while. In 1870, um, she, uh, she uh, called for all mums across the states um, to uh, celebrate the recognition uh, and recognize the efforts of mothers. And, and this is called the Mother's Day Proclamation. Uh, eventually, after several uh, years, several decades, in fact, in 1920, uh, 1915, excuse me, uh, the U.S. president officially declared the second Sunday in May to be Mother's Day. Now, fast forward a couple of years, uh, Mother's Day was brought into Australia in 1924 uh, by a woman named uh, Jeanette Hayden. Hayden? Hayden? H-E-Y-D-E-N. Anyways, that's not the point. Um, he start, she started uh, the tradition, uh, and this is actually quite sweet. Uh, she started the tradition after becoming concerned for um, lonely uh, aged mothers um, in uh, hospital and nursing homes uh, whose sons uh, were killed in the First World War. Um, so it, 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 it was noble. Uh, it was a noble thing to do. But at the same time, around about the same time, uh, in the 1920s, uh, Mother's Day became commercialized in America, uh, where companies successfully sold the idea to the public that Mother's Day was a time to buy you know, cheesy cards and outrageously overpriced flowers for mum. Today, according to the, uh, this article, Mother's Day is a multi-billion dollar industry in Australia alone. Um, so, <laughs> I guess, in a way, my brother was kind of right. Um, you know, even Anna Marie Jarvis, the, the one who kind of pushed this uh, first initially, was actually outraged by the commercialization of Mother's Day, and she actually spent the rest of her life campaigning against it. So, uh, a cynic might say that the Mother's Day we celebrate today is a commercialized, monetized version of the original, a result of American capitalism, as one might say. But this is not to say that we can legitimately use today to love and appreciate mum. It can, though, prompt us as Christians to ask the question, 
if that's where Mother's Day came from, is there a better motivation for me to celebrate it? Many churches actually don't celebrate Mother's Day and Father's Day for this very reason. I, I think, graciously speaking, I think they are wrong. I think it's good to celebrate Mother's Day. But why? It's in our passage today, in God's Word, in the Ten Commandments. Specifically, of course, in verse 12, the Fifth Commandment. Honor your father and your mother, that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. Now, if you've grown up in church, you would have heard this before, I'd imagine. Maybe your parents were the ones to remind you whenever you didn't listen to them. But I think that with age and with time, as we grew up and as we grew older, this command hasn't been too much in our view, I'd imagine, right? And I think on a day like this, it's a perfect time to go back in time, so to speak, and revisit this old lesson we might have learned when we were kids. So let's jump into it. I don't have slides for today, so I do apologize if you're a note taker. I'll try my best to kind of, you know, uh, give you guys um, things to write down. Uh, on that note, point one is the principle, the principle of the fifth commandment. Uh, let me read verse 12 again. Honor your father and your mother, that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. Now, here's an interesting observation, and I want you guys to think about this. Who is Moses talking to here? Who is Moses talking to as he gives these commandments? See, this commandment is not just something we memorize as parents to discipline our children. It is a commandment that we as adults need to consider. Because as one commentator of this passage notes, who is the audience? Well, the primary audience of the fifth commandment is adult children. Adult children. It is found in the middle of a list of commands clearly addressed to adults. And therefore, it is something, as adults, you and I need to also consider. We need to think about this. Because what, I'll, I'll, I'll repackage it here, I'll, I'll paraphrase. Adult children honor your father and your mother. Just before, we, we honored our mums, correct? Now, let's flip that perspective around. How can we, as adult children, honor our father and mother? I want us to first draw our attention to the fifth commandment being a commandment. It is part of the ten, not suggestions, not words of advice, ten commandments. God asks you to listen to these words in the same way that you would listen to the words, you shall have no other gods besides me. Do not murder, do not steal, do not commit adultery, do not defraud your neighbor. Each of these ten commandments, I would imagine, for all of us, require a level of thought, of discipline, and willpower to keep it. Am I right? It doesn't come naturally in most cases. And let me just put it... Raise up the temperature a little bit. In many cases, Jesus, Jesus even elevates the difficulty of some of these commandments. 
For example, do not murder. Well, if you hate someone, you've committed murder in your heart. Do not commit adultery. Or if you look lustfully at another person, you've committed adultery in your heart. Um, Even in this fifth commandment, Jesus actually unpacks it in, I believe, uh, Matthew uh, 15, I believe, um, where Jesus says, look, you are called to honor your mother and your father, but you're using all your money to give to the synagogues and the religious authorities. What are you doing by abandoning your mother and your father? Right? He, he, he adds another layer of meaning, and I would argue a, a layer of difficulty to it. See, what I'm getting at is, I have personally been part of many small groups where long and thoughtful and helpful conversations were had on how best we might keep some of these commandments, right? How do we prevent ourselves from making idols? How do we prevent ourselves from hating other people, et cetera, et cetera? But, but I can't remember the last time, if ever, uh, was I involved in a thoughtful conversation on how best to honor our parents, See, the first thing we need to learn in this principle is that to honor your parents is as serious and major call by God for us to think about and to ultimately obey. It is a part of the Ten Commandments. It is a part of the list that contains do not keep idols, worship God alone, do not murder, do not steal, do not commit adultery. So that's the first thing to note here. We have to first understand that this commandment is a commandment. It is not only a good thing to do. It is not only a helpful suggestion. It is a command given to us by a holy and perfect God. It is a serious one, and we need to take it seriously. So let's now look at the commandment more closely. The key to understanding this principle is in one word. What do you reckon it is? One word. Honor. Honor your father and mother. So what does it mean to honor someone? What does it mean? Well, the word we translated, uh, that we see translated into English as honor in our Bibles is defined in the Hebrew as giving weight to something, giving weight. Another way to put it is this then, to honor someone is to give deep thought, respect, and deep value to something or someone. So uh, the question has to be asked then, why then does the Bible uh, command us to give weight to our parents. Well, because as imperfect as our mums and dads are, they have, like God, given us life. That's the, the implicit reasoning behind this commandment. I mean, have you ever thought that? That if it wasn't for your birth parents, you wouldn't be here. I mean, for better or for worse, our strengths and our weaknesses have been nurtured and given to us by our parents. Another way to put this is, we are who we are in part because of our mom and dad. You see, to give biblical honor to someone is not 
to excuse their imperfections and sins against us. I'll touch a little bit upon that later. But at the same time, it is meant to draw our attention to the very fact that our parents have shaped us to be what we are today. God has placed us in his infinite knowledge and wisdom. They have placed us in our family with our imperfect parents to write the story of our lives with their help. See, when we honor and when we give weight to who our parents have been to us, we honor and give weight to the work of God in our lives. We're acknowledging that God is at work in my life through my family. Those of us who are blessed with happy and healthy relationships with our moms and dads, I'd imagine we'll still find it at times difficult to honor them. But I know that for a few of us, our relationships with our parents are less than healthy. And this commandment, rather than being a privilege and an honor to uphold, it could feel crushing, can't it? And this is also part of this principle. God challenges us to honor our parents in the best way that we can with the strength that we have. And I'll touch on some practicalities in the second point, but, but just let me say this. The fifth commandment, to keep it as Christians, especially when we have parents that have somewhat of a checkered history with us, is an opportunity to show grace, love, forgiveness, kindness, patience, goodness, faithfulness, everything that we love about being a Christian on this side of the cross, we have a chance to be that in the context of our relationship with our parents. God has shown us grace in Jesus. And guys, to be fair, I wouldn't be here if I really didn't believe that believing in Jesus makes a real difference in my own life. I am a Christian in part because I believe that when I believe in Jesus, my life changes for the better. And I'm sure if you are a believer too, you are on the same page with me. So then, in the context of our family, which to be fair, we spend a lot of our time in, that is an amazing opportunity for us to flex our spiritual muscles, so to speak, and be who Jesus calls us to be. It's not easy, especially for a few of us, it's gonna be very hard. And I'm not trying to diminish that at all, but what I am trying to say is in that context, God asks us to honor our imperfect parents. It doesn't mean that we honor them because they are perfect. Just like how God loves us, it's not conditional, but it's actually the exact opposite. We honor our parents in and despite their imperfections by letting go of it. Because we have a God who loves us in our own imperfection as well. You see, on the other hand, we, we honor our parents because of who they are to us. Mom and dad who gave us life who have shaped us to be who we are today. 
who have raised us and sacrificed us and so on and so forth. But on the other hand, we honor our parents despite who they were to us. Even as they failed in many ways as parents, some perhaps making pretty big mistakes along the way. They did the best they could. I think it's a sentiment that many of our parents in Kingsway feel as well. We're doing the best we can. And we can do our best to raise our children, but sometimes, actually not even sometimes, in every case, our best is not good enough. We harm and hurt our children, even as the best of intentions couldn't be more further from the truth. And ultimately, we do our best to give weight to our parents because, as our parents might have said to us as children, because God has said so. See, now as adults, I hope that that comment, because God said so, means a heck of a lot more than the uh, all-ending excuse that our parents used to force us to listen to them. It's much more than that. Because God said so is pretty much why we live the way we do as Christians. Because when God tells us to do something, it is a good and right thing, but is also a good thing for us. See, it, this commandment actually proves that point. It's a commandment attached with a promise. What is it? So that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. I'll contextualize it a little bit. In our day and age, this means honor your father and your mother so that your life you live right now may be lived to the full. Something that Jesus said, right? And, and don't we know this? As children, when we have seasons in our lives where the relationship with our parents are great and healthy and wholesome, how much more joyful is it? How much more peaceful is it? Healthy and happy relationships with our parents make our lives not bad, right? And this commandment is a call for Christians to honor our imperfect parents and seek peace with them as much as it is within our power to do so. Because as God says, this is a good thing which makes our lives just a little bit more fuller and just a little bit more richer. That's the principle here. So let me spend the rest of our time together by running us through some practicals. The first practical is a flow-on from our first point. And I said I'll talk about this before. I'll talk about it here. Parents are imperfect. Romans 1 says that no one is perfect. No, not one, not even mom and dad. I mean, I added that little bit at the end, but right? I think it's an all-encompassing phrase. No one is righteous. No, not one. Not only is this the first in our list of practicals, I believe this is the first step in applying the rest. As parents, the older we get, we all know that our parents are not perfect superheroes. They're not people who know everything and do everything perfectly. And like I said before, many of us along the way, we have been hurt by the faults of our parents few of us in serious ways. I've been fortunate enough to have parents who are believers, and I have no doubt that my parents did their very best as my mom and dad. But like all of you, they weren't perfect. 
I mean, they had me as a son, so, you know, it's going to automatic, automatically fail. But uh, let me, let me uh, give you a little bit of uh, what my life looked like with my parents. See, my mom's great. Um, she's indeed the unsung hero of my, ha- uh, my family. But she worries a lot about me, uh, as all mums do. But I would argue my mum a little bit more than your mum. And she has many concerns about my life. And those legitimate concerns, honestly, I often hear as nagging and complaining. Sorry, mum. My mum watches this stream, by the way. So, My dad, for example, um, I think you guys can relate to this. My dad is the stereotypical Asian parent who is a man of a few words and rarely, if ever, have, has he admitted that he was wrong. Not, not only to me, but to my mum and my brother as well. Never admits that he's wrong. Never. It's always my fault somehow. All right. Uh, and yet, believe, uh, I believe uh, that real breakthrough in honoring our parents comes when we come to terms with their faults. In other words, to really understand that just like me, they are sinners also. And just like me, they need Jesus also. And as you do, we must fight in our hearts to forgive their faults. You see, sometimes forgiveness in God's wonderful kindness, it goes two ways. It's a beautiful picture of reconciliation. Maybe you know what I'm talking about, where your parents approach you and say, son, daughter, I am sorry. Please forgive me. And that picture of a parent embracing the child, it's a wonderful picture. But at other times, forgiveness can happen within one person. Even as our parents struggle to ask for forgiveness, for us as their children, accepting that they're not perfect and letting that go, that is also a beautiful picture of forgiveness. That's the first step that Christians have available to us in honoring our imperfect parents. Our mums and dads are imperfect sinners, and the challenge to honor them is to accept that they did their best and turn the page over. See, a great way to begin this is to understand why our parents are the way they are. Have you ever done that? Have you ever considered that? Just like you, they are the product of their experiences. They have their tics, their triggers, their weaknesses, in large part because of their own checkered history and upbringing. I encourage you, Ask them questions about their life before they had you. Because you know they had a life before they had you. Ask them about their own upbringing. Ask them how, you know, granddad and grandma treated them. And I'd imagine maybe when you were a little bit younger, they were a little bit hesitant to share about their experiences. But, but as the older we get, I promise you, they will be more and more inclined to share that. Ask them about their life before they had you. And, and this flows on to our next practical. Uh, in Leviticus, uh, we're going to go there, uh, chapter 19, 32. You don't need to flip there. I'll read it out. The Israelites are told 
to stand up before the gray head and honor the face of the old man, and you shall fear your God, I am the Lord. We're moving a little bit forward and going to Proverbs. In 1631, we read, Gray hair is a crown of glory. It is gained in a righteous life. And again in Proverbs 23, 22, uh, we are instructed to listen to your father who gave you life, right? Again, that point. And do not despise your mother when she is old. A watershed moment for me, a changing point for me in my own relationship with my parents happened quite recently uh, in the last couple of years. It happened when I started to learn about their past. Uh, When mom and dad told me uh, of their time as children in primary school, as teens in high school, as students at university, um, of their experience as young parents with me and my brother, of their fears of inadequacy as they raised me and my brother as first-generation immigrants in New Zealand. Hearing about who they were as individuals, as individuals, not just as mum and dad, that was a life-changing moment for me. It brought me closer to understanding and empathizing with them. I started to understand that they were people who lived their own lives, who learned from their own mistakes. And the nagging of my mom and the stoic silence of my dad became not only more bearable, but it actually opened my ears to listen to their advice a little bit more. We need to listen to our parents. Not necessarily obey everything that they say to the teeth, but to listen, to hear them out. See, the passage from Leviticus and Proverbs, uh, the passages rather, uh, demonstrates that the ancient Israelites had a clear culture of respect and authority for those who were older, the people of gray hair, right? Uh, they, They were to be held in high esteem. And one of the ways that we can do that is to hear them out. I think the reason why this is the case is because there was a general agreement that those who were older have lived life longer and therefore had experience and lessons that could be learnt and taught to those who were younger. Right? We all know this. There are lessons that can only be learnt through living it and sometimes making mistakes through it. Isn't it the case that we tend to listen more closely to people about a certain thing when that person has lived and maybe even failed through it? There is something powerful about hearing advice about a particular thing from a person who has experienced it as opposed to someone who has not. Friends, we need to hear our parents' stories, understand their experiences and challenges. I mean, come on, it's hard for us though, right? It's a common joke among us as young people uh, that old people talk a lot about their past. Back in my day, right? You know? And then we hear it like, oh, my dad, they're talking about it. But, but we need to stop doing that and go, 
it, I want to hear it. Even if it is a three-hour conversation. If we want to truly honor our parents, we listen through that. Because we need to value what they have to say. Hear them out. Ask questions as they talk. Our parents, brothers and sisters, no matter who they might be, have something none of us do. Experience through age. Let me read Proverbs 23, 22 again. Listen to your father who gave you life. Listen. And do not despise your mother when she is old. And speaking of not despising our mum when she is old, that is our final practical. Look after them. You see, in our Western culture, where we are obsessed with elevating youth, delaying the inevitable, and celebrating the new, I think a terrible consequence has emerged. We as a society, we neglect our elders. More and more children are admitting their aging parents into nursing homes. And let me just say this, which in and of itself is not a bad thing. Uh, there are many legitimate and helpful motivations to do that. And, and that's a conversation that you need to have with your aging parents in the future. But there are more and more children that are simply leaving their parents in nursing homes and rarely, if ever, visiting them in their final years. Isn't that heartbreaking? Uh, ABS statistics uh, taken in 2018 reveal that 40% of nursing home residents, 40%, don't have even one visitor in a year. Elderly loneliness has been described as the silent epidemic. And this just goes to show that our culture has a serious problem with neglecting our elders. And while this systemic problem in Australia is complex and it needs to be addressed from a variety of angles, it's not something that can be overcome within a day, surely we can make sure that we do our part in looking after our parents. 1 Timothy 5 verse 4 says this, If a widow has children or grandchildren, let them first learn to show godliness to their own household and to repay their parents for this pleases God. Hey, did you notice that this passage was in the Bible? I actually didn't know it until I studied up on it. It literally says, Paul literally says here that he's speaking to widows who are disadvantaged in their society, right? Even as they disciple their own children, don't forget to look after mom and dad. And of course, our duty is first to God. Jesus does say that as well, right? And then also to our immediate family. This is what Paul says here. A widow first learns to show godliness to their own household, right? Um, and even so, uh, I know uh, some of our, uh, some of our uh, I guess, relationships with our uh, partners, there's a li little bit of friction when it comes to this discussion, am I right? You know, the desire to look after our own parents and sometimes there's, yeah, there's disagreement. And I fully acknowledge that. It's a complicated issue. 
So there needs to be wisdom applied in those circumstances. But Paul is clear in saying uh, that our obligation is, yes, first to our family, our immediate family, but that does not mean it negates or gets rid of or deletes our obligation to our mom and dad. It's not either or, it's both and. This means, I mean, this could mean rather that we look after them financially. But it also applies in the social and emotional sense as well. Friends, do we spend time with our parents? Do we make an effort to check up on them? And since it's Mother's Day and uh, we need to honor our father and mother, I'm going to honor my mum uh, by speaking a little bit about what she does because I'm terrible at this. I'm in the same boat as you guys. But I think my mum does this really well. Uh, without fail, I'm not over-exaggerating when I say every day. My mum calls my granddad, who lives in Busan, in Korea. He's over 90 years old. My mum calls, uh, calls him every day, once, every day. And like, it's not even like a, like, a, like a long conversation. It's literally, I'll, I'll translate. It's like, hey, Dad, how are you? Good? What'd you eat? Oh, seaweed soup. Was it good? Yep. Okay. Daniel's here. Want to say hi? Hi. Okay. All right. All right. I'll see you soon. Bye. Like, literally, that's it. That was not even a minute. But every day, same conversation. <laughs> but the very fact that my mom calls him every day, even as she lives an ocean away, I suspect is part of the reason why he has lived for so long. So what about you? What can you do to honor your parents in looking after them as you get older, uh, as you get older and they get older? Let me close off our talk quickly with a comment about Mother's Day. So knowing all of this, how should we treat today? How does a Christian love their mom on Mother's Day? I'll quote one Christian author that sums up a lot of what we have said now uh, really beautifully. Our mums are marvelous, marred, and mortal. Marvelous, marred, and mortal. Honor your mum today because she is marvelous. Think about the sacrifices she has made in the past. She has the wisdom of time in her pocket, brothers and sisters. Honor her by asking for some of that wisdom. Honor your mom today, even though she is marred. Our moms are not perfect. Far from it. They're sinners too. They struggle with their weaknesses. They fall short of our expectation. Even so, this is an opportunity to honor them by looking past it, by letting it go, by even perhaps forgiving them. Honor your mom today by seeing that she is mortal. Just like the rest of us, her days are numbered. Our moms are getting older every year. 
Every year they need us a little more. Honor them by loving them in their old age. Looking after them, taking care of them. Not just on Mother's Day, but every other day we have left to spend time with them. Our mums and our dads are marvelous, marred, and mortal. God calls us to honor them. Let's take this Mother's Day as a day not only to love our mums, but also to recommit ourselves to honoring both mum and dad, to recover this commandment that we might have left behind in our childhood, this fifth commandment, and to remember to keep it. God cares about our parents, so let's care about them too. I'll pray for us. Father, we give you thanks for this word. It's a relevant one for all of us, but it is also, for some of us, a very, very challenging one. We need your help, Father. We need your grace, your patience, and your kindness to love and honor our parents as adult children. Give us motivation and conviction to do that knowing that ultimately we do it because we want to honor you father we love our parents help us to love them in our words and deeds just as we ask you for help in loving you in word and deed lord we give you thanks that you have given us this commandment for us to mull over, to wrestle with, to even struggle against. And yet at the end of the day, we give you thanks that your word is not only true, but good for us so that our days may be long and that we might live well in the land that the Lord our God has given us. So Father, would you help us in our struggle in honoring our parents? Help us to honor you by keeping this commandment and recommitting ourselves on this special day, on Mother's Day, to love and honor our mums and dads for the days that we have left with them. We thank you that your word and the faith that we hold to makes a real, lasting difference in the life that we live. So we ask that difference to be the case in all of us. We pray all these things. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.